Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jennifer Burrell. And I'm Jacques Boulet. Today we're talking about disability, especially mindful that it was International Day of People with Disability on Tuesday, 3rd of December. We would like to welcome David Craig to the program today. David is the Manager of Community Development at Valid, an advocacy non-governmental organisation with headquarters in Melbourne. Valid, and I quote that from their statements, is committed to the vision of an Australian nation in which people with a disability are empowered to exercise their rights as human beings and as citizens. David has been working in the disability area for long years. We met probably some 20 years ago as I was running, uh, as I was running a community development workshop in Bendigo. And we have, was it Ballarat or Bendigo? It was Bendigo, uh-huh. yeah. And we have been bumping into one another irregularly and then regularly since Borderlands started to collaborate more ongoingly with Valid, especially in its work, which was very much community development oriented, on peer action groups. Just to also want to remind listeners that not long ago we had a program dedicated to the NDIS, the National Disability Insurance System, and we had a whole new community issue dedicated to that national policy and its meanwhile six years lasting teething problems. They should probably have changed their teeth meanwhile. And the irony here is certainly intended. But first I'd like us to start with with your own story, David, and welcome to the program. Mm -hmm. Share with us and our listeners your background in community development and your work in the disability landscape. Thanks, uh, Jacques and Jenny. A chance to catch up and uh, talk a bit about that. Um, Yes, I suppose I... I, um, started off with an aspiration to make the world a better place and uh, I was particularly interested in youth work and was looking for youth work positions when I sort of fell into the disability sector world as a practitioner in in, in a recreation role at uh, what was then known as the Spastic Children's Society of Victoria. Mm. Oh dear. And uh, I'd been given uh, you know, uh, insights in my youth work training into community development mm. practice and I found that a really attractive idea mm. in terms of how you make larger systemic change in society and uh, then came across, you know, uh, and engaged with uh, people with disabilities living in a very segregated and institutionalised mm. world mm-hmm. um, and was quite touched by the their aspirations, their goals and mm. dreams that were unlikely to be fulfilled in those kinds of mm. settings. And mm-hmm. so I was fortunate to be uh, employed in a team that was quite radical at the time in the late 70s to... Uh, take people into the community to support their interests and passions, to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. be part of community life, to to work, to live, to play, mm-hmm. and to uh, have relationships and friendships mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, right across the community rather than in these closed um, and segregated settings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was sort of where it began. And, uh, and then as I began to 
see the the size of the challenge of trying mm. to bring about change with so many obstacles and so many barriers and mm. all around funding and models of funding and mm. the mm. the notions of you know where people with disabilities sit in our society that were quite negative and mm-hmm. and limiting mm-hmm. um i began to i suppose struggle with the the kinds of strategies that would make a real difference mm. and uh fortunate to meet um other people doing similar things in other organizations um uh and we were able to uh work hard to open up mm-hmm. opportunities through recreation and i i didn't have a really high regard for recreation but i came to appreciate how powerful mm-hmm. recreation mm-hmm. and social life is to our formation and our transformation as humans into um being the best that mm-hmm. we we can be mm-hmm. um it's a it's a less limiting and a more open opportunity than mm-hmm. perhaps we have through work which is the mm-hmm. The often preferred and promoted avenue for gaining meaning and status mm. in society. Mm. Um, and I've I sort of moved up into management for a while, operational management. Uh, very frustrated by the, <laughs> the the challenges there and the the restrictions, and uh, and then moved on at a time when I felt there was no future in that organisation to really do the kinds of things that I was passionate about, and mm-hmm. ended up doing. 13 years in an advocacy organisation called Action for Community Living, where mm-hmm. you know, we tackled mm-hmm. a range of things, including some of the preliminary advocacy around getting more empowerment for people with disabilities through their funding, which mm-hmm. the NDIS creates some elements for. So mm-hmm. probably brings me to where mm-hmm. I am now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So recreation in a way, in the real, real literal sense of the word, to yes, create yes, again. Yes. Yeah. So could you share with us some of the turning points in your involvement in the, you already have pointed at some anyway, yeah. in the disability sector over the long years of your involvement? Mm. I have been privileged to get involved with your peer action groups mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of a work associated with it. But uh, what have been for you the turning points in the various ways yeah. in which you have been involved in working with people with disability uh, that will then give us a better idea as to mm. as how to present the present work you're in is quite different from the other approaches mm. you have mm. been working with and working in well i suppose i i always go back to um a chance reading of stigma the management of spoiled oh, yeah. identity mm. by irving goffman mm-hmm. that that turned my life around in a big way in terms of how i saw myself mm-hmm. and and also people who are stigmatized in our yeah, society yeah, and to yeah, question yeah. why stigma exists and how we we work to take that away so mm. it probably prepared me for the work i ended up falling into mm. um mm. and i was very much an integrationist assimilationist because that was sort of the antithesis of institutional life mm-hmm. but mm. i i discovered through when i finally stopped and slowed down enough to listen to people more deeply that assimilationist strategies hadn't worked for other um, groups mm. in the community that are marginalized yeah. and nor was mm-hmm. it really particularly working well as yeah. I could see for people with disabilities so mm-hmm. um, could, could I just ask yeah. would you say see that term valorization that was used a lot I think in the late 80s yeah. 90s valorization is um, to do with valuing mm. people with disabilities as being recognisable as mainstream parts of the community. Do you see that as a mainstreaming integrationist yeah, approach? Yeah, and I think it, it was the full term used was social role valorisation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. mm-hmm. in order to be valued, you had to be like the mainstream mm-hmm. and you had to deny really anything about your difference. Mm-hmm. So yes. what, I, what I felt from the people I met with disabilities that talk, had a chance to talk about this, those that had been mainstreamed all their lives even, mm-hmm. saying it was really healthy to be able to come into a space where people mm. with disabilities could share their stories and 
reclaim and redefine mm-hmm. uh, the issues around disability for themselves rather than those that were defined by professional mm-hmm. uh, ideas and structures. And even social role valorization was largely led by non-disabled people, not by people exactly. with disabilities themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the fortune to work closely with a, an academic called Roger Trowbridge, who unfortunately mm. has passed on. But Roger mm. was a questioning thinking and a, and a, at a time when academics uh, used to sometimes engage with us in practice as mm. partners, mm-hmm. uh, helped challenge our thinking about our practice. So it was nice mm. bringing practice and theory together mm. to question things mm. and, and reframe mm. how we work. So I suppose my, my understanding of critical theory of people with disabilities having perhaps a false consciousness of mm-hmm how mm. disability impacts on them and, and the community mm. they live in and working with people to reclaim that. And mm. so I did a bit of a, you know, there was a group of people with disabilities that met and discussed issues of relationships and engagement mm. with mm. community. Um, mm. And it was very powerful to helping me understand um, mm. how critical theory works and how we need to sort mm. of think about transformative action being shaped by the lived experience of people mm. and being led by people with disabilities. Mm. And so that's probably brought me to seeing the peer group Framework as a, yeah, as a, as a yeah. place for helping people reimagine and rediscover mm. a positive sense of self, and and to then be able to collectively challenge and change mm-hmm. community thinking and, yeah. and community yeah. understanding yeah. of that. Mm. Yeah, Roger was a colleague of mine at RMIT yeah. actually. Yeah. I didn't know that he had passed on. Yeah, no, it's sad, it's really sad Yeah, mm. that is sad to hear. Mm. So on that note, we'll go to some music chosen by David today, Cannot Buy My Soul by Archie Roach. But David, you might like to just say a couple of words about why you've chosen that song. Well, I think, um, you know, you've talked about some of the trends and values that have come through, swept Mm -hmm. through the disability sector, and the NDIS is the latest big one. Um, To me, I think the challenge has been to keep true to the things that are important, that you know, to hold Mm -hmm. the values and Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. the practices and the knowledge and and, and the stories that... I heard from people with mm. disabilities that helped shape my thinking about how I could respond best mm. as a supporter and a practitioner mm. uh, was about keeping true to those values and mm. uh, and not allowing your soul to be bought. Um, I feel that, you know, one of the By challenges... By employer. Yeah, mm. well... And also, I think, you know, the whole system has been prescribed... Mm. You know, funding is prescribed by bureaucrats who don't understand what happens on the ground. Mm. Mm. And certainly a turning point for me was my frustration with that as I couldn't be a CEO mm. of an organisation where I had to... Mm-hmm. suck up and do what they asked me to do. Yeah. I had to do something where I could be more mm. in control of mm. and more true to the things I believe in. So mm. I think, you know, Cannot Buy My Soul speaks to that idea mm. of how tendering and, and mm. purchasing has really sucked out of civil society agencies their, their true mm-hmm. heart and, and soul, I think. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure yeah. this will speak to all of us. I'll put that on now. <laughs> For two hundred years we've been beaten down Too long on the door My dignity I'm losing here Mentally I'm on There's a system here that nails us And we're left out in the cold Oh, they took our life and never their friends But they could not buy our soul Joe Hill died, Jacob Vara Ford, Pamela Wiley down dead. If a person speaks out critically here, they could get loaded down with lead. How long can the majority wait for their story to unfold? Oh, they took their life and liberty friends, but they 
could not buy their soul. Well, the clever man spoke precisely. Humanity said was done. The grateful greed could not proceed if our struggles to be won. For humanity is more important here than a constant quest for gold. Ah, you may take life and liberty, friends, but you cannot buy our soul. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. You're listening to Think Again 3CR. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking with David Craig from Valid and his work in disability, especially with peer action groups. So how did the idea of peer action groups come about, David? Were there examples from elsewhere or did it just evolve or did you invent it? Please do tell us the story and what the major principles of peer action Mm. groups are and what their connection with community development is and how its practice has evolved (laughs) since you started it. There's a few questions there for you, David. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, I I suppose I I had a brief role in Action for Community Living as an advocate Mm. around recreation Mm -hmm. issues Mm. um, for a program called uh, Victorian Network on Recreation and Disability oh, yeah. and working with a group of people with disabilities guiding that practice. Mm. Um, we tried to set up local action groups around mm. the community mm-hmm. to tackle issues. We felt that this was an important structure. Unfortunately, you know, it, on the, with the resourcing we had, it was a bit of a struggle and, it, and it, it probably didn't, we didn't get the time to do a great deal of that. But uh, I think when the NDIS was rolling out uh, and, and I think Rhonda Galbally is a great mm-hmm. supporter and advocate mm-hmm. of peer support, I think there was a recognition that the marketisation of the disability service sector and the, the way the funding would would flow to to consumers to buy services, uh, there was an awareness that mm. in that um, skillful, competent and powerful uh, providers would, would certainly mm-hmm. hold all the, tr- all mm-hmm. the cards against the consumer. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. the consumers to have some strength and knowledge and insight, uh, the idea of bringing people together to work together, to share information and to support each other and to talk about what's good and what isn't and mm. what are good services and how you can use your resources in the most effective way to get mm. a good outcome mm. was envisaged as a, a moderating um, strategy uh, against the marketised mm. uh, mm. nature of the uh, community. Mm. So I think that, that and that led to some organisations across Australia being funded for peer support. Um, at Valid, you know, we were particularly cons- interested in doing a bit more than. In fact, Jenny McPherson, someone I think mm-hmm. you know, Jacques, mm-hmm. um, yep. said, I'm sick of these groups where people with disabilities come together and just whinge. She <laughs> said, I, I, I think, you know, we need to take positive action on things yep. that people talk mm-hmm. about. So art groups actually became known as peer action groups as distinct from peer support groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we, we use that fairly fundamental community development strategy of people sharing their individual stories and struggles and, and, and aspirations and then looking for themes that that people share and then looking at what kind of action people can take to mm-hmm. address 
some of the issues to lead action around mm. the changes mm. they want to see. So we talk about leading in your own lives and leading together in your own communities mm. to bring about change. Mm-hmm. 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 So... Uh, What's the spread of the idea now in the, con- well, in the context of Valid? Um, we, we have around about 20 groups. Yeah, yeah. Most of yeah. them are looking at very place-based local groups. We're trying to break mm. down the tribal medicalization of disability where mm-hmm. you have support groups for mental health, for multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. for acquired brain injury, for intellectual disability, mm-hmm. for physical disability, yeah, for yeah. vision impairment, Defy and so on. To say, hey, if if we're about you know changing the community, we have to come together and and find common ground, mm-hmm. uh, not just around disability, but at some point we need to raise it to the level of the issues that people are talking about are issues for the whole community. Mm-hmm. They're about loneliness. Mm-hmm. They're about social isolation. They're about under uh, utilization in terms of work, voluntary and paid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about finding the kind of home and place that's that's safe, that's a true home rather than institutional mm-hmm. segregated services. And it's about trying to claim back mm-hmm. lives from the institutionalised apartheid and mm-hmm. segregating structures of mm-hmm. day programs, sheltered yeah. workshops, special schools that are still a very strong feature of our landscape mm-hmm. that keep people captive mm-hmm. in the hands of professionals exactly. that mm-hmm. primarily benefit yeah. from... Mm-hmm. So Valid brings all those groups together or facilitates bringing people together? We, we bring groups together at a local level to take action on issues locally. We, we have leaders who are voluntary who come together to share strategies. Um, so we try and build a network mm-hmm. approach and we're trying to, where we can, also work with other agencies doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's just starting mm-hmm. to emerge with, in Victoria, four or five other organisations that have been funded for similar activity. And then I think more recently there's mm-hmm. some more funding being invested in this area. And this yeah. was funding that was meant to stop after two years, yeah. but the impact and the benefits coming from it, I think, have um, mm-hmm. have shown that there's a need to, to mm-hmm. increase this. In fact, at the moment, uh, there's, uh, there was funding specifically targeted to these particular yes, types yeah, of groups please. of mm-hmm. significant amounts for three years, mm-hmm. so to do some yeah. huge development. In the context work. of the NDIS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be an interesting challenge too, because yeah, I think one of the yeah. strengths of our peer action groups is to is to think about what you can do without funding before mm-hmm. you look at what you need funding to do. And yep. I think overfunding uh, drives things in, into you know areas where you grow things and develop things that may not be sustainable and last. So That's I think right. you know there's mm-hmm. a That's right. in fact we're having a, a network meeting mm-hmm. soon to talk soon. about you know yes, um, how do week. small groups deal with huge mm-hmm. uh, grants. Yeah. Sudden grants to to really still make yeah, a, yeah. a, a long term yeah. Im- yeah, impact from and yeah and those twenty that's in Victoria yeah. only yeah. and across the regional areas well, yeah there are nineteen uh, organisations around Australia doing similar work I'm mm-hmm. not sure that they're all doing exactly the same as what we're doing but yes we have across uh, rural Victoria and metropolitan Victoria mm-hmm. and then we also have about four or five groups that have a, a special interest focus so yeah. there's yeah. there are families that have sons mainly but sons and daughters with. Uh, profound and significant complex behavioural mm-hmm. issues and their support mm-hmm. needs are mm-hmm. quite significant given mm-hmm. the trauma and the damage that's been done to yeah. them in the care yeah. system. Mm-hmm. And they've come together to talk about strategies and they've had mm-hmm. influence together mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. changing some of the funding arangements mm-hmm. yeah. that are more ch- that tune in better to the needs of that group. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying there has been some funding released under the NDIS mm-hmm. for collective purposes, yes. so yeah. it's not all yeah. individual purchasing, which seems to be the main focus yeah. of the NDIS. Well, mm. there, there was always, the Productivity Commission recommended, you know, there were three levels of action by government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one is giving packages of support to people to allow them to have more choice and control over who they purchase services from, mm-hmm. because that does give them power if they know how to use it. Um, Agencies know how to use that money better than they do, so our work is helping <laughs> mm-hmm. educate consumers. But 
there was a tier two, which was information linkages and capacity building. This is community mm-hmm. development money okay. potentially. I don't like the way it's been necessarily no, defined and designed, exactly. but but we have a potential to take and show through practice what works and maybe shape practice uh, mm-hmm. policy mm-hmm. that way. So you're growing, going on the yeah. front foot. Yeah. So there was, and then the third, the, the first level was every government department has a responsibility across every area of community life to ensure that um, mm. disability discrimination doesn't exist, that there are proactive mm-hmm. strategies under the UN Convention to increase support for people. So the NDIS mm-hmm. is really just primarily a funding support package for individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. doesn't do all the other work. And then the RC funding was to sort of do the mm-hmm. helping individuals know how to get into community and engage mm-hmm. with through collective effort. Um, changing the way communities yeah. mm-hmm. can be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, and Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On, on that note, probably another program from 3CR, your station. Summertime. Summertime brings wine. Pass me my Prosecco. Out on the patio. This year's Delicious Radical Radio Wines are generously sponsored by Breast's Winery in the Harcourt Valley. Specially priced at only $20 a bottle and even cheaper by the dozen or half dozen. You can order via phone or online and collect it from 3CR during business hours up until noon on Tuesday the 24th of December. Perfect as a gift or to fill a raised glass to toast 3CR. Call the station during business hours on 9419 8377 to order or go to 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Breast Wines is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking with... David Craig about his work in the disability field and with Valid and any changes he has witnessed from the NDIS and how it's playing out on the ground and how Valid is fitting into planning around the NDIS. So the question is how will you try and take this work further into Mm. the next couple of years uh, in spite of the vagaries of funding. (laughs) So what are the necessities and the opportunities, challenges, the blockages which are, are emerging in general for the way in which we deal with disability generally in society and more specifically for the ways in which you are trying to deal with them through the uh, network of uh, of action groups. Right. So um, Valid um, is one of a, a number of independent disability advocacy organisations mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. operates in Victoria who have traditionally only done individual advocacy mm-hmm. work and then a certain level of systemic advocacy mm-hmm. that comes from that individual work. Uh, moving into this space with peer groups and community development gives us a uh, a new capacity for mm. um, uh, mm. doing proactive work. Uh, mm-hmm. Advocacy can be yeah. always looking at fixing up issues and problems, but mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. you can begin to see the kinds of things where you need to take proactive action. So yeah. I've, uh, I think particularly if we're successful in getting some of the RLC grants that we've mm-hmm. applied yes. for, yes. it'll give us some real resource capacity to, to do some much deeper place-based work mm-hmm. where our peer action groups who are on the ground will be the, the leaders in that process. Mm-hmm. We're very keen to see if we can uh, engage in more effective strategies of collective social impact, mm-hmm. um, some mm-hmm. models around the world that are being used mm-hmm. looking at that that we think 
if we can draw some of the service providers in back into that civil society space that they've abandoned mm. mm-hmm. uh, to exactly. see that working together with us, with government and with local businesses, mm-hmm. we can do a lot better job than the prescribed programs that have come down to us from the top, yep. which has been the trend, I think, in the last 20 totally. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So I think you know, if we can turn that around um, mm-hmm. through you know, doing the kinds of things we're doing, setting up uh, friendship uh, strategies yeah, 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 yeah. across the whole community, not just for people with disabilities, mm-hmm. helping get in, you know, crossings in areas that were were unsafe. A small group did that in Pakenham, mm-hmm. um, yeah. tackling mm-hmm. access and inclusion, culture and attitudes in Ballarat. Um, we've just given awards mm-hmm. out to five venues that did a good job last year mm-hmm. based on consumer experience mm-hmm. audit. Mm-hmm. So mainstream mm-hmm. venues. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about, I think, also bringing people with disabilities into the citizen, active citizen space, because yes, I think yes. they've been consumerised. Yeah, totally. totally. You know, totally, they're called totally. consumers yeah, as, yeah. as a label. It's it's not just mm-hmm. an activity they yeah. do. It's it's them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think just this idea that and, and you know, so many people with disabilities have been involved mm-hmm. in advisory groups, which I think are just shallow ways of professionals engaging people mm-hmm. in controlled ways of listening, yeah, yeah, totally. but not necessarily having to respond mm-hmm. and do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we think activism and, and citizenship mm-hmm. uh, are crucial elements for us to bring particularly people with intellectual disabilities because they've been left in the background mm-hmm. of much of the mm-hmm. disability activism mm-hmm. in the past. And so to support them and their leadership role mm-hmm. along with others uh, mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. crucial part of what we're planning mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, received a couple of days ago a new research from the University of Western Australia, which had examined 63 Reports about how NDIS is not working. Mm. It's a, new, a really interesting kind of a thing, and they have a website where one can go to and look at the different areas in which the NDIS is failing. Actually, it's a, mm. it's a good thing. I, I pass it on to you because yes, I just know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mm. guess it's a bit of an irony with the NDIS, mm-hmm. which we've raised before, yeah. is that there've been whole networks mm-hmm. that are um, mm. that are connecting with people with disabilities in the community yeah. as volunteers, and with the NDIS, suddenly organisations that mm. were supporting those. Yeah. Community volunteers have lost their funding yeah. um, with yeah. the individual purchasing, which yeah. is the criticism of the yeah. market-based yeah. model, of course. Um, with a market-based um, approach, the um, danger is that people are valued by the dollars they have to offer yeah. you yeah. and not for yeah. the person that they are. Well, mm. it's actually created a, you know, a negative trend uh, mm-hmm. that the NDIS is not um, set up to do, and that is that you know, neighbourhood houses, for instance, have told us in Victoria that there's been a decline of participation yes. by people with disabilities, and they've been withdrawn back into segregated disability day mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. because of the, the mm-hmm. attractiveness of the funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're the kinds of things where there's mm-hmm. perverse incentives yeah. in the funding that you know mm-hmm. that are inconsistent with, mm-hmm. and, and that's bad design by yeah, bureaucrats totally. perhaps don't yeah. understand what happens on the yeah. ground. Yeah. That is particularly the yeah. critique of the Western Australians. Yeah. And yeah. sadly, a lot of the research mm-hmm. that you talk about is fu- that's funded mm-hmm. by the NDIS is obviously it serves the interests of the NDIS totally. often and is prescribed yeah. to do that, yeah. and yeah. so it's good to have you know some critical independent mm-hmm. research mm-hmm. and, yeah. and uh, challenges yeah. to how things are happening mm-hmm. and how things could happen better. And of mm-hmm. course, that highlights the value of the work that you're doing with supporting mm-hmm. uh, people with disabilities to represent themselves and be Mm -hmm. active themselves. Mm. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and Jennifer Burrell and our guest today, David Craig from Valid. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.